good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition Chewing the Fat Podcast Episode 45 Bosh, cop smooth, cop forty-five. Joe, what are we talking about today? It's a sneak peek, an insider insight into the twenty-eight day fat loss challenge. Inside me, gross speculum. <laughs> so, oh, sorry, for those who don't know, and if you watch, if you're listening to this in a week's time, sorry, you're too late. We're starting a 28-day fat loss challenge on the second of September in our private group um we did one previously i can't remember what days it was and these guys absolutely smashed it in the group environment so we are stepping it up and increasing it by 100 percent yes so the way that we're running this one is there's four different kind of weekly focuses to help people lose weight as james alluded to before there's something magical about a challenge (laughs) I don't know what the fuck it is, but it just seems to send people into a bit, well, not a bit, uh, into a lot more of a focused mindset in the fact that there is a specific start date, September 2nd, a specific end date, funnily enough, 28 days later, and it's in a group environment. There's this external pressure to actually do as you're meant to do and eat the right way because there's a belief that other people are doing it, which may or may not be the case. Often, you know, people think, that everyone else in the world is losing weight and they're the only one struggling, which is never the case. But that support network and that external challenge and the belief that people are doing as a community just works fantastically well. So it's something that we are doing a bit more of. Yeah, so we're just kind of, kind of talk through what we're going to do with them and how we're going to do it, why we're going to do it, and probably how we would approach it personally. Yes. Week one is eat. So the idea is to focus on the foods that people are eating in week one. So for those that have worked on the system before, they will be recording their food and scoring themselves out of 10, because we're not gonna score 300 people for free for a week, because it would be a rather large task. And then if you haven't worked with this before, then the aim is to have three protein servings a day and two vegetable servings a day. So whether that be at meals or snacks, as long as they're at different intervals, then that is fine. Yeah, so the challenge, very much like how we work with our clients, is going to be a layering effect. So obviously, the kind of the foundations of any kind of fat loss plan, program, diet, whatever, should be nutrition. So we work slightly different, as in we're not going to put people on a massively restricted diet. It's not a shake diet. It's not a fucking juice cleanse. It's not a lot of aloe vera shite. We're going to get people to focus on getting some quality nutrition into their diets because this is going to help them stay full, it's going to help manage their blood sugar levels, it's going to help them manage their energy levels, and it's going to help them not need to rely on eating crap food choices. So if people have a great breakfast and a great lunch, they're going to be less likely to have like a two, three o'clock slump where they end up eating 
Diddy Donuts. A few bits of rubbish, and then on an evening, going way off hand. So I can say first hand, I do most of the tasters with sustain. Kickstarts. Yeah, the kickstarts, excuse me. It's old school. But what you see almost exclusively is an insufficient breakfast, an insufficient lunch, a high calorie dinner, and snacks off plan, either throughout the day or in the evening. Or you even see that on a weekend. So you'd see five days good, two days atrocious. But most of the time, it's because people aren't eating enough nutritious food. So once you take that protein and veg out, people are hungry, they have to eat something. You've taken out the most satiating foods. So they're going to eat the higher calorie foods and more palatable stuff. You know, when you're desperate, your body is gonna be crying out for sugar. It's going to ask for the delicious, you know, the heart, the dopamine releasing foods, not gonna be calling out for sweet potatoes and bananas and stuff like that. So that's where we see people go wrong. So that's the focus of week one. Yeah, also just on that same kind of thread is when people just go, too hard, too fast, and having a bowl of special care for breakfast, and then they'll have like a spinach smoothie for lunch. Yeah, or, or you know, a fucking cup of soup or well, something like that. Another bowl of special care. Yeah, and then they massively, you know, fuck up their dinners because they're absolutely starving. Their body is oh. screaming out for calories. Which it's is no surprise. Screaming out for nutrition. You know, hardly anyone will fuck up the breakfast. I say hardly anyone. <laughs> Lots of people do. Some people will. But, you know, you can start from all the good effects. But if you under-eat during the day, when you get to your evening, your body is just hankering for calories and it's going to go for its little Rolodex. Okay, I need a shitload of calories. What do I know that's really calorie-dense? Donuts and pizza. A, a donut pizza. A pizza donut. Is that a thing? Mm. Have I just invented that? That should be a thing. Stuff crust with you jam. <laughs> So, that will be the first week. The first week's focus will be on getting quality nutrition. Like I said, you know, we've got kind of, that's what people have never worked with before. It's just concentrate on eating protein each meal, two servings of vegetables per day, and drinking a little about two liters of water. Yeah, if people have worked with before, then we can look at being kind of limiting um, the higher calorie foods that they're going to have. So, whether that's breads and pastas, you know, sweets, wines, wines, alcohol desserts and stuff yeah so week one so obviously that's the first week and that's going to carry on you don't just then stop doing that at week two anyway, we're, like, we're layering we're layering we're adding it's like adding icing to a cake and then a little marzipan man or woman well i'm thinking more of us okay like a wedding cake so oh, week two is move boom exercise i like to move it move it so we've got this because people really love trying to, to crank up the gears and Focusing on your output is obviously going to help you to burn more fat. So the impetus here, because there's so many restrictions that people have, is you just want you to decide what you're going to do. If you're going to do six weight sessions with hit on top and some lists, you know, as a cherry on top of that, then that's cool. But we're not going to recommend that because most people aren't going to do it consistently. Yeah, it's not realistic. We want you to work out what's feasible for you to do and most importantly, what you enjoy, what you're actually going to do longer term and then factor that in. If that starts out as 10,000 steps four days a week, then that's absolutely fine too. It's just getting people to set targets, to schedule these things in, and to just be more active than they were before. Where's this dog going? But yeah, the key thing there is just realism. You know, if you are a busy working mom with three kids, four if you include your husband or partner, we don't discriminate here, then is going to the gym and spending two hours a day there realistic? Or like Joe said, sustainable? Are you gonna be able to keep it up long term? Odds are, it's a no. So it needs to be able to fit into your life. Be realistic. Absolutely. Yeah, commit to it and then tick it off. Week three. Treats. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So this here is about focusing 
in on the foods that people often overdo that restricts their progress. So we're looking here at takeaways, chocolate, sweets, alcohol, whatever it may be that you often overdo. So it's not gonna be, you know, tomato sauce, a slice of rye bread, couscous, some Worcester sauce, you know, the things that people tend to get a bit nutty about and then ignore the fact that they have a bottle of wine, two bottles of wine on the weekend or a big thousand calorie takeaway. So we want people to, again, schedule, decide what they really like having, put it into their week and enjoy it because this is what it's all about. We want something that's sustainable, that people can do long-term, and we believe that you can have a little bit of what you like and still lose weight or maintain a healthy weight. It's the unnecessary calories, the overindulgences, the I've had chocolate because I've had a crap day, things that limit people. Yeah, I think you know the massive thing about it is that it's being realistic and sensible. So is it realistic or sensible to go, well, I'm never gonna you know, drink wine again or, you know, Whatever it is, you know, never have a meal out, never have a takeaway again. Of course it's not. You know, if these things bring pleasure to you, you know, if it's a big part of your life or, you know, a family experience, then go for it. But just be sensible with the amount of it. You know, if you like to have a drink on a weekend, then have a drink on a weekend. If you like to have a takeaway, have a takeaway. But there's loads of different caveats you can put in there. So, you know, there's a massive difference between drinking a glass of Prosecco and having 25 grams of chocolate as opposed to drinking a bottle of Prosecco and 100 grams of chocolate. You know, would you have been happy just having that one glass of Prosecco? Did you really need to have eight? Odds are no. You know, you could have stopped at two and still enjoyed it. So that's the big the big difference there, is just being sensible. But setting an amount, you know, knowing what you're going to have, when you're going to have it, it's going to be key to then adjust it. Because if you just go, uh, on a weekend, I'm going to drink. That's too loosey-goosey. And it's very, very open to interpretation. Yes, yeah, so we always need people to be specific here. And then afterwards, we can then assess if it's too much. So people often say, I need to have four glasses of wine and 50 grams of chocolate. And you can then assess afterwards and go, do you know what, that was actually more than I needed. Maybe I, I, I bottomed out at two and then I had the next two just because I said I would. So it's then learning and assessing from there. And if you can constantly do this, then you can be successful longer term because you're able to regularly assess rather than just kind of blindly eating and drinking, which is what people have a tendency to do which is then what restricts their progress. Yeah, all food contains calories. Calories will be driving for your, calories will be the driver for your, your weight loss or your fat loss. So everything can fit into place as long as you're sensible, like Joe said. It's very easy to absorb, you know, two glasses of Prosecco and 50 grams of dark chocolate across a week. It's not so easy if you have a bottle of Prosecco every night and 100 grams of chocolate every day. So it's just being sensible with that amount and knowing, you know, kind of what is the minimum amount of food that I want to have. And this will come down to individuals. Some people can get away with so much more. So you just need to track and assess. This is where we get people to log their food. You record your food for seven days. You see what the weight changes. If you lost weight, great, do the same. If you haven't, then you might need to adjust something. But one measurement is not a guarantor either. So you need to keep doing it. Okay, so so far we've got your food on track. We've got some movement going on. And then we started to you know, teach you how to schedule in you know, some of the higher calorie foods so you don't feel massively restricted, which again is, you know, tends to lead to people just going, ah, fuck it, and then having a massive binge. So moving on to the fourth week. Mindset. Woo. So a really good one, a really big one. People often start to struggle with willpower and motivation after a period of time. And this will often be because their goal setting is insufficient. It's, it's weak, it's inspecific. It's ironically not very motivating or very specific. I think I said it twice. Anyway, I want to be specific. So. What you have is people say, I just want to be more confident, which is 
not specific to them, it's not motivating, it's not powerful, it has no real emotion attached behind it. So we know that we should eat certain things and drink certain things, but when it comes to that crunch moment where you want those things, you're being, often being driven by an emotion, an emotional attachment to what you think food and drink gives you. So you need to be able to counter that with an equally strong emotion back. So if you think you hate looking in the mirror and you feel awful in a bikini or getting changed in front of your husband or your wife or you know whatever it may be, then that's gonna be something that's ingrained into your mind. Confidence is just a vague term that could apply to anyone who's you know ever followed our plan. But if you hated the time you were wearing that pink bikini in your holiday in Ibiza in 2011 in front of your husband, John, that's only you. And that's something that's gonna have a very strong emotional bind to you. And if it's not uncomfortable, it's not gonna help you change. And that's what we're gonna help people kind of uncover in that last week. Yeah, knowing exactly what you want and why it's just so important to you. You know, like I say, when people just say, I want to lose weight, why? Because I want to be more confident. Okay, you know, what does that mean? What will it cost you if you don't change? You know, kind of these negative emotions can really, really push you towards those changes. If you, like Joe said, if you remember how, just how bad you felt, then that's going to be, do you ever want to feel like that again? No, that is what's going to keep on pushing you forward. You know, the difference between push and pull goals, which Joe will go into, um, it's fantastic. And if your goal is just to lose weight, to feel better, it's probably not, you know, it's not very clear. You know, you really need clarity for motivation. So like I said, you know, knowing, right, this is exactly what I want and this is exactly why I want it. This is how I want to feel. This is exactly how I don't want to feel anymore. It's going to keep pushing you towards that goal. Yes, the push-pull stuff's quite good. When you start, you see yourself like as an inanimate object, you need a push to get you started. So your push is going to be how you feel right now. So often if you're feeling fat or unhealthy, you don't like the way you look, then that's what's inspiring you to start. And the problem that people have is, say your goal is to get from 16 stone to 14 stone, is at 15 and a half stone, you're not going to have those strong feelings that you had at the start because you've lost half a stone. And that's obviously great, but you're still a stone and a half from your goal. So you need to make sure that you've got an adequate pull fund. Pull motivators, excuse me. <laughs> the devil's <laughs> going <on. laughs> Yeah, watch the video to <laughs> uh, So you need a pull to keep you going towards your goal. So that's where you need to have a set specific goal, target to work towards a smart goal, because then you can say, oh, I've not achieved my goal yet, so I need to keep going. And it's really common that we see people, I don't wanna say quit, but be satisfied early. And they'll say, this is close enough, this'll do for me. Which is fine if that's the genuine belief, but it's just, if it's accepting and it's not if you're not really happy, settling, yeah, then why not push yourself a bit more? Would be my point on that. Yeah, again, you know, we've got multiple uh, podcasts on goal setting. I think like one of the early ones that we do is goal setting, and also process-based goals, ditching the scales are all fantastic for you know getting this clarity, getting this motivation to keep going. So, how would we handle this? So, having seen a couple of questions in the group, James, or maybe a couple of hundred, what would you do if you were about to tackle? This well, question? let me tell you a story, Joe. Settle in. I actually wrote an email about this the other day. Oh, did you? So I was out walking in the park with my wife. I am married, not to Joe. Um, and we went and picked up some food, and then she said, oh, you know, you're really hot. And I said, you know, thank you very much. But obviously, in my great British way, wasn't happy to accept a, a compliment. I said, look, I'm not feeling, you know, great about myself at the moment, kind of like body-wise. I know I've put on a, a couple of fluffy kilos. Um, and she said, you know, well, what would make you more confident? What would make you happy? I was like, oh, if I was a bit leaner. And she went, all right, well, to be honest with you, and I was fully expecting her to say, 
I'd much prefer you like this, like a little bit more cuddly, a little bit more like a semi-shaved air. <laughs> but she just turns to me and went, you've been eating a lot of shite. <laughs> Which is exactly the reason why I've gained these couple of kilos. So my first bit to address would be, or has been, <laughs> since she said it, is to cut back on the shit that I was eating. So I was eating, you know, some chocolate, some soft drinks, you know, um, having fish and chips once a week, you know, maybe getting some kind of higher fat, kind of like curries and stuff like that, like oriental curries. So I've just cut back on that because the reason though, the things that make me fat are the things that I need to cut out to get leaner again. It's not, you know, me and oats for breakfast. It's not that I need to go keto or paleo or, you know, sugar free or anything like that. I just need to stop eating the shitty food choices that made me fat in the first place. So addressing where I was going wrong and fixing that or focusing on that would be my number one thing. Mm, absolutely. So I will kind of go with that as well. That so I've been refurbishing house recently and most of my meals have been from Morrison's in the form of a chicken leg and microwavable rice, which is fine. But it then means that when I get home or an evening, I've not got as much food prepped. Then I'm, my food's been fine for the most part, but I've not had the rigor and the structure that I'm pretty good for because that's the way that I work, you know, mild autism and all that, I'll probably do that to someone. And I find that when I prep, if I can put the time aside to do that, it makes all the difference. The other day, I said I was going to call my missus, and I said, right, I've got half, I've got 20 minutes to cook this food. I hope it takes me 20 minutes. And I cooked a bolognese and like a sausage meat, fennel, white wine, chili thing, which I really <laughs> like. It's delicious. So it took me half an hour instead of 20 minutes. I thought, oh, fuck's sake, that's so annoying. I thought it was going to take me 20 minutes. It took me half an hour. What I'm neglecting to mention is I did nine portions of bolognese and 11 portions of the sausage meat thing. So it works out as 90 seconds a meal. So for half an hour, I've cooked 20 things. Now, fair enough, it's two of the same meals, which people will often find dry. But if you can find food that you really, really enjoy, it's the same with my chicken leg stuff. I've had that every day for two weeks, two meals a day for two weeks. So that's, you know, been about 20 meals. Give or then take. again, you have been wearing the same underpants. For <laughs> it smells like 20 kilos <laughs> chicken. Then finding the enjoyable food means that you can eat similarly and you can batch cook and be really successful while still enjoying your food people often say i'm bored of eggs after two days but they've eaten cereal for 15 years fish and chips every night for <laughs> so the issue is going to come down or you know crisps as a snack for decades then the issue is because you've not found foods you enjoy so you need to and this is why i neglect to give people too many meal ideas because it just gets they don't like it it's so individualized it's like asking someone to recommend my favorite song give me my favorite song please Give me, give me a, uh, a Backstreet Boys. No, I don't like Backstreet Boys. Yeah, give me a perfect uh, workout playlist, please. Well, the stuff that I listen to, Joe Hayes. <laughs> the stuff that Joe listens to, I don't like. It's just noise. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just bloody racket. It's just noise. They're not even singing. Um, you know, it's so individualised that it's just not like. Oh, it's not a massive waste of our time, but it's kind of like. It's know, not the best. You yeah, it's like whenever you buy a cookbook, it might have forty recipes in, and there might be three that you like. You know, you're never going to go and go like, I love every single one of these recipes. So it's much easier to go back and kind of research. And you know, there's going to be some obvious ones. Like I said, like you know, it's like picking someone's favorite film. It's very, very individualized. Yeah, but we'd always want to put the onus on people to be able to find these solutions because it's this is what our job is to coach people and help them help themselves. So just going back to Joe's batch cooking thing. Don't, you know, that's Joe's solution to his problem. Whereas, you know, not batch cooking is not an option for me. I'll do some of it. Sometimes I'll do like a chili and that'll do me for a week for meals. But then because I eat with my wife on an evening, sometimes she'll cook, sometimes I'll cook or we'll get different things. So I have different options that I can go to that like kind of fast cook stuff. So if I get in at seven o'clock at night, I don't want to be 
you know, spending hours and hours prepping food. So I'll go for things like salmon stir fry, steak stir fry, you know, things that are very tasty, delicious, nutritious, but very, very easy to cook as well. So just finding those shortcuts works. The overarching theme there is solutions to problems. Solutions to them, we always have food ready. So whether that's cooking in advance like I do, or James buys it in on the hoof. You know, there's always a solution to be found and it's having food ready, whether you've cooked it, whether you've bought it, whether you buy it on an evening or you buy it all on a weekday, you know, on, sorry, on, on a weekend. You just have to find what's gonna work for you. You know, if you can shop every day, cool. If you can only shop once a week, then you need to buy enough food. The buck stops at you and you need to find solutions to your problems. Cool, so training-wise, quite an easy one for me and Joe because we both really enjoy training, but then I'll set a minimum, so I'm like, right, I'm gonna hit at least four workouts a day, so I follow a, a, day. a day, sorry, a week. So I have a set kind of training plan, which is four days a week. Easy enough for me, and then sometimes, well, sometimes, nearly every week I'll go tie boxing, and then sometimes I'll add like a bit of a circuit as well. But again, it's because I enjoy doing that. Yeah, so I've set myself up to do a rowing challenge in December. So at the moment, my minimum is three rows a week and I do a 5K on a Saturday. And I'll try and do some weights in between that, although quite frankly recently, I've not been that asked. So if I was doing this challenge, then I would probably put a bit more effort into that. But at the moment, the rowing is my number one. So I'm, making, I'm still getting four workouts a week. So I'm not too concerned on that front. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Trees wise. So like I said, I've cut back a lot on the shitty choices that I was making or the kind of higher calorie choices that I was making and then you know it's just about balancing out those calories so you might make a trade so instead of me having uh, 25 grams of dark chocolate which is going to be about 130 140 grams I might have a rice cake bar which I just so happen to have here which is about 90 calories so I'm kind of saving I can eat twice as many <laughs> so I'm saving loads of calories there easy peasy yeah so my treats would be having my food plan will immediately cut back on the treats I have during the week any chocolate no nah. Not bad. <laughs> so I'd probably choose to have, you know, if I was boozing, if I was doing a fat loss challenge, then I would limit my drinking. Um, but I would probably try, you know, I'm not, so I don't have to worry about it too much. If I was looking to schedule a treat, then I'd have a meal. You know, meals are kind of my favorite thing. You know, if I'm going out with my missus, that would be the, the one for me. Yeah, and then again, it's just being sensible during that day or even after that day, isn't it? Just kind of maybe pulling back a little bit. I, I know, I know that I have the wiggle room that yeah. if I eat well, five days a week, sorry, seven days a week, that I can have that meal off and, and not have to worry about the calories because just of how much energy expenditure I can get through. And I know that I can, my meals, you know, four of my meals are high veg, I have five meals a day and four of them have got a lot of veg in. So that's a really easy way for me to balance my calories, you know, to me to get into a calorie deficit. And then mindset wise? Both pretty good, aren't we? I think yeah, so. I mean, like, as I, you know, as I said to my wife, like I'm not comfortable with how I am right now. I know I'm more comfortable when I've, lost some fat i'm not going to say i don't have a specific oh well i have to be 110 108 kilos or whatever but i know right now i'm kind of between 112 114 which i know is big for me and it's not like i've jacked oh, on. that's pretty big for anyone yeah man. it's not like it's a, well, not for me. Sure, is it? it's not like i've jacked on you know five six kilos of muscle <laughs> so there's some negative it's definitely, there's, definitely <laughs> there's some negative weight going on there so i know that when i'm leaner and it'll be you know how i feel Physically, not necessarily what the scales say, although they will be an indicator, obviously, that I dropped weight, dropped body fat. If I get lighter, that's a fucking giver. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, that, well, that's my focus is, you know, and I, I do bang on about kind of like, you know, feeling is not being great, a great um, indicator of progress because you can go out feeling amazing, and then Joe will mention something about 
You love handles. My dress. You get my back fat, my back tits. Uh, and then I'll feel terrible. So mindset stuff for me is, uh, I did some really interesting stuff earlier this year with visualizations. So I'll just go through that for a minute because it may not be of interest, but I'm happy to talk about it if people do have an interest in it. Was I read a book called Psycho-Cybernetics, which was sold 35 million copies. It was written by a plastic surgeon who became a psychologist in the 80s. And his idea was that people, you don't build ba uh, bad habits through willpower, so you shouldn't have to build good habits through just making yourself do them. So visualization is you put yourself into a meditative state, you then imagine the actions that you do to achieve your goals. So I would visualize prepping my food, I'd visualize eating it, I'd visualize enjoying it, I'd visualize training hard, I'd visualize turning down high calorie foods in the situations they were in. And then I'd envisage how good reaching my goal would feel. So do this 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. I did this throughout the whole of Lent. And towards the, the last couple of weeks, I got a bit bored. So I did five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, rather than doing 10. And it worked fantastically for me. Can I also add that Joe then did all those things? You didn't just visualize them. But this is, but this is what the, the thinking is, is that the more you think about it, the more likely you are to do it. Yeah, no, but when you read books like the fucking Secret Summer, which is like, you just visualize it and ask it the universe. No, of course. And there's going to be an element of the fact that I'm pretty stubborn and I'm good at these things. But it did have a massive impact on me and it's the best I've ever eaten since, really consistently, because the idea is that you Im you're kind of ingraining these ideas with the positive thought process, with the positive emotions. So I think about how good I'd feel when I was lean, and then the idea is that those ideas are planted in your brain, that, oh, I need to cook, I need to train hard, because I'll feel really good. And I thought, I read it and thought it was a load of bullshit, and then I did it, and it worked unbelievably well. Um, I'd recommend it to anybody. But I recommended this book to 50 people, and I reckon two people have read it. And I know one lady, uh, Chloe, who's actually done it and says it works really well for her. So well done, Chloe, for being the person that actions it. As James just alluded to, buying the book reading it that's the easy bit even doing the visualizations is it you know is the hard bit is because it took 40 days of doing it for 20 minutes a day but it worked really well so i'd recommend it to anyone but that's it i can say it's just not like joe just sat in his room in his underpants visualized cooking all his food and then we came out of his bedroom and it was all cooked <laughs> and then had to go and do it yeah so but yeah. that you know for me is a mindset one brilliant nothing works if you don't right good long podcast not really, not for us that. 25. Right, thank you very much for listening. Again, if you want to join the 28 day challenge, then you don't do too late, sorry. Yeah, it depends when you listen to it. It starts on the 2nd of September, so if you listen to it before then, get on it. If not, you missed out. Keep an eye out for another one. But um, check the links. We've been emailing them out. They're on the Facebook page as well and on the Instagram. Um, so that's it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, check out the website for lots of free downloads, cookbooks, training plans, etc. And that is us. We are out.